Happy Thursday right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. For the next three hours, we take you up until noon Eastern time. The NFL week number nine starts tonight on a Thursday night in Indianapolis, Indiana. The Colts and the New York Jets. But there has been plenty of buzzworthy news throughout the NFL over the past 24, 36 hours. We recap that and how they affect the lines moving forward for this Sunday slate. We talk some college football, some puck, some action on the hardwood as well. All the way throughout these three hours here on the morning after. Helping me to do so in this first hour, all the way up until 10 a.m. Eastern time, it is the man we love to call... Carver High, Mike Carver from right here on Sports Grid, all across Sports Grid, each and every day. Pharrell coast to coast, Pharrell on the bench. You can also hear him hosting College Football Full Circle, 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Channel 159 to 2 p.m. Eastern with our good friend Joe Lisi. Carver High, a pleasure to be joined by you on this Thursday morning. Good morning, Ben. Good to be with you, my man, on a Thursday. Like you said, we're starting NFL Week 9 tonight. We've got a lot of college football. Everything is happening. Good to be with you, my man. It is great to have you here, Carver. NFL Week Number 9 begins tonight. College Football Week Number 10, the college football playoff rankings. I have not heard Carver's take on that initial CFP poll. We'll get into all of that throughout this hour and Carver loves his plus money so we go to the ice we go to the hardwood an early season assessment from Mike Carver coming up in just a little bit but Carver let's start with the news around the National Football League and yesterday the newswire was dominated by one Aaron Rodgers the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers we learned early yesterday morning that Aaron Rodgers will be out for Sunday's game in Kansas City against the Chiefs after testing positive for COVID-19. There were so many storylines and aspects to this angle to dissect about Aaron Rodgers. But for us, from a betting perspective, what we saw was a huge swing in the spread for Sunday's contest at Arrowhead Stadium. The Chiefs opened up as a favorite in this game. They were laying one yesterday morning on the number against the Green Bay Packers at home. The Aaron Rodgers news hit. The lines locked on FanDuel and Carver when they popped back up. Kansas City became an eight and a half point home favorite that slowly trickled down. Now it's KC minus seven and a half. And we have seen a ton of movement in that over under total as well. Yesterday, 54 and a half down one from an original opener of 55 and a half. Currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, that over under total for Packers Chiefs on Sunday is 48. So Carver, after all the news about Aaron Rodgers broke yesterday, what did you make of that line movement? We saw screeching on a Wednesday. Yeah, big-time movement, of course, and now we know how much uh, the top-tier quarterbacks in the league like Aaron (laughs) Rodgers mean to the line, Ben, that's for sure. Honestly, uh, congratulations to everybody that grabbed the 8.5 right out of the gate. I wish I did myself. I'm still in over a touchdown, Ben, on the Packers. Like, look at them. I think the Chiefs have the same problems, don't they? No matter who's quarterback. And I know the Packers are all Aaron Rodgers. I get it, Ben. But backup quarterbacks have been the flavor lately, and the Chiefs have only covered, what, four of their last 19 games? Give me over a touchdown. Give me a little Aaron Jones and some strong running game. Give me a little Green Bay D against Mahomes on Sunday. It's going to be a close game, and the total, Ben, also going down. I saw 47.5 last night, jumped right Mm -hmm. on it. I still think there'll be points in this game, despite no Aaron Rodgers being in there. Of course, we're iffy on Jordan Love. We don't know what to expect, but... I still think we get some points.
Some technical difficulties here, Carver. I could not hear what you finally said there, but let's welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here to the opening hour of the morning after on this Thursday morning. It's Ben Stevens and Mike Carver. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside Mike Carver, as I mentioned. So, Carver, as we dive into this game, you were referencing the total, I believe, as you tossed it back to me. The over-under live now is 48. When you look at these two teams, the idea is high Powered offenses usually. What will that look like for Green Bay with Jordan Love making his first career start on the road in Kansas City? But the Packers have played five straight unders. The Chiefs, three straight unders. And you brought up the points against the spread. Since that dud in the opening week of this NFL season, Green Bay has won seven straight games. They have covered in seven straight games. They have a 7-1 and one ATS record, the second best mark in the NFL. The Chiefs, meanwhile, just 2-6 and six ATS, tied for the second worst record in all of the National Football League. So, Carver, I think this is a gift for Kansas City, who needs to start building that positive momentum. They have an opportunity to do so on Sunday at home. Yeah, it's a gift for Kansas City in the fact that they don't have to face Aaron Rodgers now, Ben. But they still have had lots of problems here. Uh, they played the Giants on Monday night, who aren't very good, and had to struggle to a 20-17 to win. I'm going to take... Jordan Love and the rest of that Green Bay team getting over a touchdown because even if the Chiefs win, Ben, I do believe they will struggle once again to score some points. I don't like where their offense is at right now, but I like the Packers. Give me seven and a half. Give me eight, whatever you want to give me. And yes, you got to drop the total that much on me, Ben. I will go ahead and gobble it up. Last night, 47 and a half. Now 48. Let's go and get a few points here. Carver already working in your favor, working in contradiction to this line movement we have seen after the news that Aaron Rodgers, who tested positive for COVID-19, will miss Sunday's game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Meanwhile, the Green Bay Packers have been booked as a dog twice, 2-0 straight up in those games, covering by an average margin of over a touchdown. More NFL news to look at and Thursday night football. Stay with us here on The Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, alongside Mike Carver, Carver High, for this first hour of our program on this Thursday, discussing some news and notes around the National Football League about to enter week number nine that begins tonight in Indy between the Colts and the Jets. Indy laying 10.5, if that number seems familiar. The Jets were a 10.5 point underdog last week. Not only covering, winning outright. A brief preview of that coming up in just a few moments. But Carver, it was a hectic day around the NFL. A lot of off-the-field drama on our Wednesday that sets the stage for the Sunday slate. One of the best games on Sunday, an AFC North battle between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. And what seemed like a very promising start to the year for the Browns of Cleveland has now taken a very weird turn after a litany of injuries we now throw in some drama off the field as well. Odell Beckham Jr. was dismissed from practice on Wednesday. As head coach Kevin Stefanski said yesterday in his media availability, 
OBJ is no longer with the team at this time. Apparently, the Cleveland front office is negotiating and doing some deals with OBJ's agents and representation to see what the wide receiver's future might be with the Cleveland Browns. So, Carver, before we dive into how this has affected the Browns in the futures market, what do you make of all this now off-the-field drama for the Cleveland Browns who have their issues on the field with how banged up they've been? Are you really surprised, Ben? I mean, let's be honest here. Are you really stunned to see this happen? Uh, when he got traded from the Giants to the Browns, a lot of people said it was only going to be a matter of time until Odell Beckham Jr. caused a problem with Cleveland. Now, it took a little longer probably than you expected, and that's because he hasn't played. Uh, the dude doesn't play. So when you don't play, you can't cause that big of a problem. Now he's healthy again. We're going to cause a problem. Here's where this doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Ben. The trade deadline was on Tuesday. Why yeah. do all of the releasing of the footage of how bad Baker Mayfield has made his stats look, why have the LeBron tweet, which was also calculated, don't believe that it wasn't, the LeBron tweet was also calculated. Why not do all of that on Monday to give them like a full 24 hours? All right, you know what? We got to get rid of this dude. Like the trade deadline goes by. Now, they don't want to release him. Just release him. Somebody somebody wants to pick up the tab. Let him pick up the tab. You have to move on here. The Browns are in all sorts of problems right now, Ben. They send the mm. guy home. Please. Their season, as usual. Brown are always going to brown. And they're doing it again this year, Ben. It, it just always happens. And I know, Carver, it's so interesting when you look at where the Browns were entering week number five of this NFL season. Even two weeks ago, on this very night, a Thursday entering a game against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night football when it seemed like half of their roster was missing that football game. The Browns ended up winning and beating the Broncos. And at that time, even with all the injury concerns we had moving forward for Cleveland, the Browns were still minus 250 to make the AFC postseason. Now, after a couple of losses and all of this off the field turmoil, the Browns are in plus money to make the playoffs in the AFC. Currently on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the make-miss playoff odds for the Cleveland Browns to make the playoffs plus 106. Then you look at where they stand in the AFC North within their own division. They are plus 480, the second longest odds right now behind both the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals, less than $2 ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is interesting to see their numbers still to win the AFC with all of this circulating at 14 to 1. Yes, still relatively long odds, but the sixth best odds of all teams in the AFC right now to claim that conference crown. So, Carver, we have seen a huge regression in some market movement against the Cleveland Brown in the futures market. Would any of those big plus money prices tempt you on Cleveland at the moment? I know you always like to do a segment at the end of the program, Ben, where you buy, buy, buy. Uh, we are going to sell, sell, sell mm. on the mm. Cleveland Browns. We are not buying whatsoever, Ben. Forget the division. Forget the conference. Now, the playoff one is interesting only because uh, we have the extra playoff team now. It's starting to feel like, you know, the NBA and the NHL where everybody makes the playoffs, right, Ben? We're getting into that into that mode with the NFL, which I don't mind. We all want more playoff games in the National right. Football League. But because there is three wild cards now, you cannot completely disregard them in this situation. So plus 106 in what is a very jumbled, very muddy middle of the AFC, it is still very possible for Cleveland to do this if they can get their head on straight, get through this little rough patch that they have going, team turmoil with Odell Beckham Jr., 
And if they can do that, Ben, they have just a good a chance. All these teams are the same right now, Ben. The Browns, the Patriots, the Steelers, all these teams are right back in the mix with four or five wins. Anything can happen. So I wouldn't completely sell on the playoff yet at plus 106. But everything else, forget it. They're not a serious team. Yeah, that plus 106 right now, the eighth best odds to make the postseason, which if you correlate that to the AFC wildcard picture, the Browns currently would be on the outside looking in of those final three AFC wildcard spots. What fascinates me now is they are plus 480 in the AFC North. Just a couple of weeks ago, around that week five timeline, the Browns were plus 110 to win this division, only five cents behind the Baltimore Ravens, who were the favorites. So neck and neck pretty much to claim the divisional championship. They were also tied with the Ravens at plus 500 to win the AFC. So 14 to one right now to win the AFC, the sixth shortest odds, but the Browns, according to the make playoff odds, would be outside of the postseason. Those markets don't exactly correlate. And then Carver, this weekend, the Browns visit Cincinnati, the Bengals, the second shortest odds to win the AFC North at plus 350. And Cincy, a two and a half point home favorite against the Browns for this upcoming Sunday. How do you approach this AFC North matchup? Uh, this hurts me bad. Like the Bengals, I had put so much faith in them going into this Jet game. I thought the loss at home to the Packers, the win on the road against the Ravens, these were moments where I said, the Bengals are not the Bengals anymore. And then they lose to the Jets, Ben. So not only, and I'm not the only one here. I mean, let's be honest here. They ruined teasers. They ruined parlays. They ruined my knockout pick. They ruined everything against the Jets on Sunday. So I do not want to go back to the well this quickly with the Cincinnati Bengals, Ben. But how could you not, under a field goal, with the kind of stuff that the Browns are dealing with this week, and you're at home, you're coming off a bad loss. If you are the team that I thought you were against the Packers and the Ravens, you would think that they would have a little juice with a division rival coming into their building on Sunday. And Carver, the Bengals lost to the Jets as a 10.5-point favorite uh. last week on the road in New York. The Indianapolis Colts, a 10.5-point favorite at home tonight against those New York Jets on Thursday night football. The over-under total for TNF, 45 in a hook. Six straight Thursday night football games, Carver, have hit the under. The only two overs, the opening two Thursday night football games of this NFL calendar. So when you look at tonight, another 10.5-point spread for Mikey White and Gang Green, is it going to be another Mike White game on Thursday night? Yeah, on Monday, Ben, I sat and I thought to myself, man, the Jets are getting a lot of points on Thursday night. Maybe we can make this work. And then as the days have gone by, I remembered that they're the Jets. And they're not going to do this two games in a row, let alone within five days of each other. This one on the road against the Colt team that, look, I mean, do you want to put them in the same conversation as these other teams to maybe get that last playoff spot? Sure, we can do that. Their AFC South division hopes have kind of gone out the window after losing twice to the Titans now. I think, Ben, as I look at it more, they are going to drop the hammer on the Jets mm. tonight. The Mike White, 405 yards, all the sunshine and rainbows, probably going to go all out the window tonight in a 38-10 to 10, uh, Colt win in Indianapolis. <laughs> Carver, you mentioned it. The Colts right now plus 180 to make the AFC postseason on FanDuel. The 10th odds right now on the board to make that postseason picture. This could help them. And of course, Tennessee now without Derrick Henry for the remainder of the year. There is a path 
for the Indianapolis Colts. Only the third game Indy has been favored in this year, just last week against the Tennessee Titans and against the Houston Texans a couple of weeks prior. Early season assessment time with Carver High, both the National Hockey League and the NBA. That's coming up next here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on this Thursday morning continues on on the grid Sirius XM channel 159 the new home for sports grid radio and all across the sports grid network alongside Mike Carver for this opening hour of TMA I am Ben Stevens Carver High does a little bit of everything all across the grid you can see him Pharrell coast to coast each and every day Pharrell on the bench also college football full circle on a daily basis Sirius Sirius XM channel 159 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern each and every day. So he has a sampling of knowledge about everything. But I think all of that sampling of knowledge makes him an expert. So what we are going to do here is early assessment time in the early going of both the NBA and the NHL. Recapping two NBA games from last night's action in the association. Looking forward to two games on the ice tonight in the National Hockey League. So Carver, let's begin with the NBA and last night in the city of brotherly love the Philadelphia 76ers covering a three-point spread and handing the Chicago Bulls their second loss of the year Philly winning last night 103 to 98 so now both of these teams Carver six and two with the exact same record Philly meanwhile with all the drama they have gone through in the early going of this NBA season has won four straight games they have covered in three straight games. They are 4-1 at home straight up this year, enjoying the friendly confines of Philadelphia. They certainly have been, and the best part about it all is you never know who's going to play every night, right? I, I mean, you have, you have no idea. One night Embiid plays, he doesn't play. Tobias Harris is out some nights, he's out. We know that Ben Simmons hasn't played all year. Who knows when he's ever going to play. But even though you talk about all that stuff, you sit here eight games in and they're 6-2. and two. And they play well at home. So, look, I think they're a deep enough team where over the long 82-game grind, they're going to be able to get enough wins even when they have nights where they don't have everybody in there. I think that that's how good the Sixers are. Now, can Doc, you know, coach them in the playoffs and get them to the promised land? Eh, probably not. <laughs> you know, is that be, you know, that's probably not going to happen. But for a regular season – they're built pretty well, even though their stars only play like half the games. So good job by them. As far as the Bulls go, Ben, that's the team that I'm also looking at because you see them lose a game last night. Everybody's pumped up on the Chicago Bulls now with this 6-2 and two start. I, Ben Stevens, believe that will not be the case long term. I, do not, I think mm. the Bulls made a lot of flashy moves here in the offseason. But I did play their under. 43 and a half before the season started. I think that things will, uh, you know, kind of go back to the middle with Chicago. I don't know if they're really going to play this well all year long. Some of their other pieces, nice win by the Sixers last night. We'll see if the Bulls now start to get back to that middle. 
And you see those odds in the Eastern Conference. Again, both the Sixers and the Bulls have a 6-2 and two record in the early part of this NBA season. The Sixers, the fourth shortest odds to win the Eastern Conference at plus 950 right now. The Chicago Bulls, the fifth shortest at 8 to one. So a pretty big disparity there when you look at the numbers. And Carver, the point you brought up about Philly is fair. We know Ben Simmons is not going to play, it seems, the entirety of this year. That's a whole different saga in itself. But Tobias Harris wasn't there last night, so it seemed like a spot for the Chicago Bulls, even on the road, getting three points as the underdog to at least maybe cover that spread. They got close, but they did not. Philadelphia covers. And Chicago entered last night 6-1 and one straight up. And with one of the best records against the spread in the NBA, also 6-1 and one ATS. But it's Philly utilizing that home floor advantage. Last year in the NBA, Philly had the third best home record across the entire association, winning nearly 77% of their home games. They were 25-17-1 ATS in the city of brotherly love last year for the Philadelphia 76ers. So, so flipping to the other conference, a team off to a very hot start, the Golden State Warriors. A win last night at home against the Charlotte Hornets, 114 to 92 last night. Golden State now one of three teams in the NBA Carver off to a 6 and 1 start so far this year. The Warriors seem to be finding themselves. You saw Klay Thompson last night doing a full-blown pregame warm-up in full uniform as he starts to get back into the fold here very soon. Golden State is certainly going to be a team to trifle with once again in the Western Conference. My Warriors, Ben. My Warriors. Let's go. Warriors are back, baby. Get me Clay out there <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Let's go. Six and one. Amazing thing about this game last night, Ben, was going into the fourth quarter, Steph Curry only had five points. Uh, wasn't yeah. the best night for him. He got 10 in the fourth, got things going, and finished with 15 as they scored 34 in the fourth to pull away from the Hornets. I was looking for a spot in this game. Uh, I was doing for all on the bench last night, of course, with Scotty out on the radio side, and I'm just waiting. Give me the Hornets. Give me a Hornets like three, four, five-point lead here. Give me something live for the Warriors to jump on. Unfortunately, Ben, I never found that spot. Curry gets it going in the fourth. They blow the Hornets away. Hornets have been good, though, in the start. I give them credit, Ben. They played pretty well. They start that yeah. West Coast trip last night, but I'm all in on the Warriors this year, Ben. We've got the over 47 and a half. We've got them to win the NBA title preseason. We have a lot of equity in the Golden State Warriors. Let's get it, baby. <laughs> hey, one of three teams to start off this year with a six and one record in the NBA, the Utah Jazz and the Miami Heat. The other two teams alongside the Warriors in that category. Golden State has been a favorite in six of the seven games so far this year. They have covered in two straight. Two things to know about the over-under trends for both of these teams, both Charlotte and Golden State. The Dubs have played six of their seven games to the under now with the under falling of 226 last night to that under. It was just the third under of the year for the Charlotte Hornets who are tied for the highest over percentage at 63% in the early going of this NBA season. So a good start for the Golden State Warriors, a good start for the Chicago Bulls and the Philadelphia 76ers. Also a note from our good friend Kevin Walsh who hosts the early line. The Hornets are a very live team to play as they like to get back into the fold in the second half. Always look out for the live line on those Charlotte Hornets. So, Carver, as we transition from the NBA in this early assessment to the NHL, your Warriors into your Islanders tonight. The Islanders <laughs> up in the Great White North in Montreal, taking on the Canadiens. The Isles, a minus 140 favorite 
on that money line right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under total five and a half, but the juice is heavily with the under, laying minus one. 38 right there. Isles and Canadiens tonight, Carver. What do you make of this game? Yeah, uh, the Islanders, of course, Ben, are in the middle of this 13-game road trip to start the season before they open their new arena at Belmont Park on November the 20th. And they've hit a really quirky part of this schedule. They had a West Coast trip, had five days off, played a Saturday afternoon game in Nashville this past weekend, have another five days off, and now play tonight in Montreal. I think the one thing that's going to worry me tonight about the Islanders, Ben, is ramping it back up, playing only one game in the last 10 days. I think that that's the one thing that kind of worries you. Now, after tonight, they'll start to get back into the flow of things. They'll play Winnipeg on Saturday, and away they go. But maybe little first period with the Canadians tonight. Uh, maybe you want to try that. Now, I think the Islanders can absolutely win this game tonight. But I think we might want to look at Montreal to jump out on the Islanders quick. Islanders a little rusty, but the Islanders are good enough, and the Canadians have played very poorly here at the start of the season. Uh, the Islanders are good enough, Ben, where they can win this game tonight. A little pricey at minus 146. Maybe we want to parlay them with one of the other favorites tonight and try to work it that way. Or, Ben, try our strategy that we love. If the Canadians do happen to take that early lead tonight in the first period, we can always jump on the Islanders live for what will be a much better price. One of the best live betting spots in all of sports, even heading in to the second intermission going into that third period. Yep. If you have a heavy favorite in an NHL hockey game that is down by a goal and they have an opportunity to tie up the game, you will see those odds flip back very quickly. So if you can get a pregame favorite as a plus money, money line underdog live, it is a wonderful opportunity to cash some plus money tickets. That is what Carver High does better than most. Plus money is associated well, with Mike. We Carver's did it last name. night, Ben. Last yeah, night in Chicago, the Hurricanes were down three to two going into the third period against the Blackhawks. You could get the Hurricanes plus two twenty-five in the second intermission. A big third period for Carolina. They win the game four three. You cash yourself a nice ticket. And when you look at Carolina so far this year, 18 points already in the early going of this NHL season. The Blackhawks just four. So it makes sense on paper, folks, to take that plus money with a much better side, even if they are down a goal with only 20 minutes of hockey remaining. Another favorite tonight out on the West Coast, Carver, the Seattle Kraken laying minus 188 right now live on the FanDuel Sportsbook, going up against the Buffalo Sabres, who we got some news out of this morning. The Sabres trading Jack Eichel to the Vegas Golden Knights. He will now have surgery, but he is headed to the desert from Buffalo. So first, Carver, your reaction to that big trade in the NHL. Jack Eichel now heading to Vegas. And then a little preview for tonight's game between the Kraken and Sabres. Yeah, we've been waiting for a Jack Eichel trade for not just weeks, Ben, but months. Uh, we expected that Buffalo would eventually part ways. I don't think the return is very great. Uh, I think part of that is going to be the salary aspect of this. I don't know how Vegas is doing this with their cap gymnastics. I mean, they're going to try to – I know they're going to put him on long-term IR. He's going to be out for four months. They're going to allow him to get this um, – it's called artificial disc replacement surgery, Ben, on his neck. The Sabres didn't want him to get it. Part of the reason why they've had this standoff, Vegas is good with it. Will, will he come back around March or April and be good to go? We shall see. Big chip for Vegas tonight. Give me the Sabres and the plus money in Seattle against the Kraken, Ben. They have played very well early on in this season. I don't think the Kraken can score enough goals. Give me Buffalo tonight with the plus money in a game of two not that great teams. 
The Sabres have looked pretty good. 11 points so far. The Kraken at the bottom of the Pacific Division as things currently stand. Carver High host a college football radio show right here on the grid each and every weekday. It's Carver's College Football Takes coming up next here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. Stay with us on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm Ben Stevens alongside Mike Carver for this first hour of our show on this Thursday morning. We are entering week number 10 of the college football season. Just a few days ago, we got the first CFP rankings of the entire season. I have personally not heard Carver High's takes on the first CFP poll of this year. So this is fresh. This is off the cuff. This is live reaction, at least to me here, as we have Carver High to give us his takes on the college football playoff rankings. So Carver, we know what the top 25 looks like right now. Georgia in that top spot. Alabama, number two. Number three is Michigan State. Fourth in the country is Oregon, according to the CFP. Then in that fifth spot, it's Ohio State. Number six is Cincinnati. Seven, Michigan. Eight is Oklahoma, nine Wake Forest, and then rounding out the top 10, you're fighting Irish of Notre Dame. So what did you make of the top 10, the top four, the top six, all of it for the first rankings of the college football playoff this year? Yeah, there's obviously a couple things, Ben, that we have to look at here. First of all, we have to always remember the first college football playoff ranking is just the first one. I think a lot of people get very, very bent out of shape about something that at the end of the day means absolutely nothing. Uh, The one that matters is the last one. The one they put out first, yes, it gives you a snapshot to see what those 13 suits sitting in that room who are running this thing actually think about it. Now, I like a few things that they did, Ben, and I usually don't say that. I like that they pushed Cincinnati down to where they belong. I thought Mm -hmm. that they would throw them a bone and put them in the four spot knowing that they could bump them down in the next couple of weeks when everybody won games. So I like that right out of the gate they said, You guys aren't good enough. Have a seat at the back of the line. Great job by the committee there. I also like how they went to Oregon and said, all right, the Pac-12, you guys have been crying for years. You're never in the playoff. You never get a chance. Okay, you beat Ohio State. We're putting you squarely in the seat at number four. All you now have to do is go and win the rest of your games, and we'll put you in the dance. And you know as well as I do, Ben Stevens, being the college football guy that you are, that the Oregon Ducks will not be able to do that. They will crumble with all of this good fortune that has been put at their doorstep, being number four in the first rankings. I don't know when it's going to be. It probably won't be this week against Washington because Jimmy Lake's team is uh, Jimmy Lake's team is awful. But it could be Utah, could be Oregon State, could be the Pac-12 title game. You know the Ducks will crumble, Ben. They will. 
Absolutely, that's the thought, at least as of what we have right now. No Pac-12 team in the last four renditions of the college football playoff. Carver, I hear your point about Cincinnati, but I do believe in this first one, they should have been in the top four. I have always said, and I maintain the same thing, that Cincy doesn't really control their own destiny, but I do not think it's certainly fair for a team that has handled business in the way the college football playoff selection committee has asked them, has one of the three best wins in all of college football this year on the road against top 10 Notre Dame winning by double digits in South Bend. And yet they are on the outside looking in because now there is no path for movement. They have to worry about who's ahead of them and a team behind them in Oklahoma who listen, I have my own thoughts and I am skeptical about the Sooners as well. And we will find out if OU is for real next weekend against Baylor, the following weekend against Iowa State, the weekend after that in Bedlam and Oklahoma State, and then maybe the Big 12 championship game. But listen, to keep Oklahoma at eight, I mean, my case has always been Oklahoma four and five against the spread this year, despite being a perfect nine and zero straight up. But to put them at eight, even the CFP selection committee dislikes Oklahoma more than I do. So, Carver, I think it's very interesting when you compare these first CFP rankings to the college football playoff national championship market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. And right now, as it was entering Tuesday night's reveal, Georgia is the odds on favorite to win the college football playoff national championship. Minus 110, the first time all year we have seen a team in minus money to win the entire thing. Alabama, who is number two in the country, the second shortest odds at plus 350. Ohio State, plus 400. A small bit of movement this morning. Oklahoma up to 18 to one. They were 20 to one after these rankings were revealed. Oregon, now 27 to one. And then Cincinnati there with the sixth shortest odds at plus 4,900. There wasn't a ton of movement, Carver, after the initial rankings were revealed. I think echoing your point that all those these first ones give us a look into how the committee judges things and how they evaluate teams across the country in college football. It didn't really move the market all that much. What do you make of this college football playoff national championship market at the moment? Well, first of all, and I'm going to get to Georgia in a moment, I do want to jump back into Cincinnati for a second because, like Please. you said, yes, they have one of the best road wins here going. But they have not been impressive the last few weeks. And as much as those people want to sit in that room and tell you that style points don't matter and that they don't know the spread, they are liars, Ben. They all know the spread, all of those college executives. And Cincinnati hasn't covered it the last two weeks against Tulane and against Navy. So they better start dropping the hammer on teams the rest of the way because they do need style points, whether they like it or not. Georgia at minus money. In the first week of November, I'm sorry, Ben. I hope that no, none of you people are going out there and getting minus 110 on Georgia to win the national title. Please don't do it. I'm going to keep saying it. They have the best defense in college football, Ben. I don't deny it. They are probably the best unit in all of college football. But we still haven't seen their offense have to win them a football game. And it's not going to be till the Alabama game. We know it. But I want to see... Stetson Bennett or JT Daniels have to take the Bulldog offense down seven or 10 in the second half of a football game and actually have to go and win them something. And until I see that, I do not believe that Georgia will beat Alabama. The one close game they played this year, Ben, their defense scored the only touchdown against Clemson in the kickoff game. I love their D, but I don't love their O. And you need both to win this title. And Alabama has it despite their loss to Texas A&M. 
And there might be a quarterback battle even here in the first week of November where Georgia has already wrapped up a spot in the SEC championship game for the Dogs. Will it be Stetson Bennett or as JT Daniels continues to get healthier, back at practice, taking more reps, does Kirby Smart make the change? My opinion, if it ain't broke, don't fix it at the moment, but we'll see how the Dogs deal with that here. The final month of the regular season and then into the postseason with the SEC Conference Championship game and probably the college football playoff as well. At least Georgia, minus 1,600, minus 2,000 even at points to make the college football playoff. So Carver, I think what you brought up about Cincinnati is very fair. You cannot tell me the committee does not know numbers against the spread. Why is Oklahoma eighth? They're four and five against the spread. Why is Cincinnati dropped down to six? Because they haven't covered in the last two weeks. I agree with Carver. I think those people in Grapevine, Texas have an understanding of what teams do ATS. So Carver, a couple of teams in the top 10, a couple of teams really in the top 25 overall right now, according to the CFP selection committee, Hale from the Big Ten Conference. You have Michigan State at number three, Ohio State at number five, Michigan even, despite the loss to Sparty last weekend, holds strong at seventh in the country. So as you look at the Big Ten Conference championship odds, Ohio State, a hefty odds-on favorite at minus 270. Do you think there is value outside of the Buckeyes in this marketplace? It's very tough for me, Ben, and I really want Michigan State to get through these two weeks. And uh, look, I think it's going to be dicey in West Lafayette against Purdue this Saturday for them. I want them to get through Purdue and Maryland and have that game in Columbus be a top five, two, uh, you know, undefeated Michigan State, one loss Ohio State. I want that game in the worst way because we've seen how to beat Ohio State this year. Oregon gave you the blueprint. A punishing running game, run the football at the Buckeyes and you can beat them. And they're going to bring Kenneth Walker into the horseshoe. I'd love to see them do it. The Big Ten's going to work itself out. You can't believe in Michigan. Like, they never beat Ohio State, Ben. I mean, you honestly, you're Big right. Ten, Ben. You actually think that Jim Harbaugh is going to beat the, the Buckeyes this year? It's not going to happen. Michigan State's your one shot. Nobody's a believer yet because Michigan's the one win. Like, the Miami win doesn't even matter anymore because the Hurricanes stink. So, this they got one win. Now, here's the chaos theory for the Big Ten, though, Ben. Like, let's say... Uh, you know, Ohio State beats Michigan State. Michigan beats Ohio State. They're all sitting mm -hmm. there with the one conference loss. That's when things start to get, no, I'm better than them, and I beat them, and why aren't I in the game, and I beat you. That's where you'll have a problem. So I think that Ohio State needs to do the committee some favors and get Sparty and the Wolverines out of the way. Yeah, if Michigan does knock off Ohio State in the game, then that would be a very interesting conversation for the Big Ten Championship game. Would probably knock Ohio State out of college football playoff contention and maybe make Michigan State and Michigan teams that have a bid for one of those top four spots in the college football playoff. I think it's very interesting in this marketplace as well, Carver, to look at the other side in the West right now. You have Wisconsin at 10 to 1. You have Minnesota at 18 to 1. Entering the year, I said all the value in the Big Ten Conference Championship market is with the teams in the West. You hope the plus money price you have in terms of value is better than what the money line spread will be or the money line price will be in that Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State. The two teams I thought would be there, Ohio State and Wisconsin, in the early going of this year, it didn't seem like such steady waters, but right now, there's certainly a path for that to be the case. Wisconsin and Minnesota play each other in a couple of weekends in the finale of the regular season. That could decide the spot 
from the Big Ten West. So Wisconsin is 10 to 1, Minnesota 18 to 1. The Badgers rank 21st in the CFP poll right now. Minnesota somehow, some way ranked 20th as well. A couple of questionable rankings at the College Football Playoff Selection Committee in the back half of the top 25, maybe trying to bolster the Big Ten for Ohio huh. State's or Michigan State's claim later on in this season. But Carver, we talked about a game between Oregon and Washington this upcoming weekend. A huge game from a Pac-12 and college football playoff perspective for the Oregon Ducks. The Ducks have struggled as a favorite this year. 0-6 against the number as a favorite, and now they take a six-and-a-half point spread on the road in the Pacific Northwest against Washington. The Huskies have struggled as well. You mentioned you don't trust Jimmy Lake and that offense against Oregon this weekend, but do you think UW can do enough to cover that six-and-a-half-point spread? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Now, this is a little bit – this line does kind of make me take a step back, Ben. Like, I'm like six-and-a-half. Like, I know they're on the road, but Oregon is a much better football team than the Washington Huskies, especially offensively. Rivalry game here. You've got the back and forth earlier in the week where Lake said that Oregon's not even really a recruiting rival of theirs. I mean, honestly, what are you talking about, dude? I mean, they're in your conference. They're the they're the team that you're trying to beat every single year. I think that Oregon does beat them, Ben. I, I man, six and a half is tough. Yeah. Uh, I think they can win this game by 10 to 14 points. I think that Oregon will finally cover a football game. This is not going to be the week where they stumble. Washington is not good enough. They have just been such a disappointment this season. They have no offense. Morris is awful. They got no offense whatsoever, oh. the Huskies. No offense whatsoever. They beat Arizona two weeks ago, 21 oh. to 16. Kudos. A conference oh, win. God. Arizona is one of my two head against teams. against the wall at two in the morning, Ben. Oh my, oh, my God. God. <laughs> Carver, as you should have, Arizona is one of two teams in all of college football that does not have a single win this year. Uh, Winless are the Arizona Wildcats, and Washington only won by six. Only beat Stanford last week by a touchdown. Washington themselves, just two and six ATS, one and two as an underdog. I don't know if I'm betting this game. I don't like the ATS numbers for either of these two teams. We round out this opening hour of the morning after hearing from you. It's Fade the Public time on the other side of the bridge. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our number one here on a Thursday on the morning after Sirius XM Channel 159 all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, who has been joined by Mike Carver for this first hour of TMA. And before we say goodbye to Carver High, we get his thoughts on your thoughts. It's time to fade the public. All right, Carver, something we talked about briefly. Thursday night football tonight in Indianapolis. The Colts and the Jets. Indy laying 10.5 as a home favorite tonight against Mike White and the boys headed to Indianapolis. The over-under total 45.5. What I wanted to find out from the public, 
Who would you rather take an over on in their passing yards prop tonight? Michael White himself over 253 and a hook or Carson Wentz 240 and a half. And the public just barely leaning with Mike White going over 253 and a hook. Carver, are you fading the public? Would you take an over on any of these QBs passing yards props tonight? I probably wouldn't take it over on either of them, Ben, to be quite honest with you. We will fade the public, though, here. Uh, we will go with Carson Wentz. Pretty low number at 240. I do think the Colts are just going to grind this football running game, get up a couple of scores, not going to be able to do anything. And I think that the legend of Mike White, they'll always have that Sunday against the Bengals, Ben, but I don't think they're going to have much more than that. This could be a night where he throws for like a buck seventy-five. I don't want to go near Mike White tonight. We'll tell our grandkids about the Mike White game at MetLife yeah. Stadium between the Jets and the Bengals on Sunday, October 31st, 2021, for decades to come. Mike White in that game, 37 of 45, 405 yards, and three TDs to boot as well. The Colts, again, a 10.5-point favorite tonight at home for Thursday Night Football. Carver High will be previewing that game later on. Pharrell, coast-to-coast coast this afternoon on the grid and also college football full circle today at 1 p.m. Eastern as well. Carver High, as always, thank you very much for your time. Always good to be with you, Ben. Have a great rest of the show. I will see you soon. Thank you very much, Carver. We will talk very, very soon. Hour number two of the morning after is on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on the grid. spot a sports gaming winner they listen to us don't rely on luck get the expert information you need the-